You're listening to The Big Show on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Welcome back to the program. Big Show in the morning. No Georgie today. My name is Matt Rose. Patty Dumas sits across from me. We got Alex Brody in the other room making this whole thing work, including getting our guests on the line. They join us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Uh, how about Adnan Virk? He would qualify as one of those guests who joins us down the guest hotline. I think so. Joining us here on this lovely Tuesday. Hello, my friend. How are you? Matty, it's great to reunite, buddy. Patrick, great to talk to you guys as well. A great time to be a baseball fan and never a better time to be a baseball player. Almost a half a billion dollars. <laughs> The winter meetings yesterday, and we just got started in San Diego. Wait till those guys go surfing, get a little loose there in Coronado. Ah, there's a hundred yeah. million dollars. We'll throw some more money around. Amazing. Yeah, just gotta get a couple cocktails in, and then that checkbook opens up and pit or patter. <laughs> That's the way it's going. Hey, uh, we I want to get to the baseball in a second, but we always like to get your thoughts on just some of our general topics. And, and we were actually just giving away Metallica tickets for their M twenty seven tour in in twenty twenty four. But we were asking our listeners what their worst work trip experience is. And we're getting a lot of replies. A lot of guys who are being forced to sleep in beds with other dudes at work events because their company's too cheap <laughs> to buy other rooms. Um, do you have anything off the top of your head that maybe stands out as a work trip you went on that maybe had some some parts that maybe weren't as enjoyable as others? That's the way I'll phrase it, is to keep you uh, safe from the company overlords. Oh, I love it. Um, first off, love Metallica. My brother is a massive Metallica fan, so if he felt there was a ticket giveaway, he'd be hopping on right now trying to get tickets. He's seen them before a couple of times. At the gym I go to, by the way, they play until it sleeps, like at least every yeah. third day. So I get transported back to Metallica, what is that, late 90s era Metallica? Yep. Every third day, I'm trying to get a bench press in. Uh, <laughs> as far as the work trips, there was that great stretch where I covered OUA for the score, uh, that is, of course, college football back home, uh, university football, as we call it, University Rush. And so that was generally unappealing because I remember thinking, like everybody else here is winning. Like McAuliffe wants to do play-by-play, and he's great. And he has a terrific job. Dwayne Ford is an analyst. Eventually went to TSN. He's awesome. You know, the directors are getting a chance to do live events. I'm like, but I'm the guy not winning. Like, I'm doing sideline reporting, and I have no desire to ever be a sideline reporter. Like, they ask me to do the mm. job, I'll do it. But I'm like, this isn't my vocation. So – at times, it would just be stuck in the rain in, like, Waterloo. I remember getting poured on in Windsor pretty badly. Then you get a trip to Halifax. Okay, a little bit of lobster was fun, all right? The, uh, you know, the, uh, I can't remember the team, Acadia or Halifax, wherever it was. Mm-hmm. But the one that stands out was, of course, the Vanier Cup, when it was in Saskatchewan. <laughs> and it was in Saskatoon, and we're talking late November, minus 30 degrees Celsius. And I'm, I'm the sideline guy. And Oof. I remember looking over to Sarah Orleski, the great Sarah Orleski is the host, but she's got like a bonfire in front of her. Like she's got the halftime show, the bonfire. <laughs> there's, uh, the, the, there's no escape for me. And I've never been introduced. And I, again, I grew up in Kingston, Ontario. It's a cold place, but I, I never really understood a hot pockets. And I had the hot pot. You guys know this in Alberta. Yeah, yeah. The hot pockets going in my feet and in my hands. You know, McAuliffe and Dwayne Ford, they've got heaters up there. I mean, I, I'll <laughs> never forget that three hours felt like 30. <laughs> yep. Just being on the sidelines. Thank God Laval won, by the way. I don't know if either of you guys have ever done sideline reporting or covered the team, but eventually you do start to kind of root for the team. Like after, and I, think, I think for two weeks straight, I was covering Laval every day. Their coach, Glenn Constantine, Benoit Guru, their quarterback. So I was like, these guys better win, okay? Like I'm sure Tom Rinaldi and Aaron Andrews say, oh, I don't know we're rooting against you. So no, I was cheering for Laval to win because I'd <laughs> covered those guys every day. And when they won, Glenn Constantine was such a pro. The coach wants to like go run and celebrate. He said, oh, 
I gotta wait for Adnan. I remember he just patiently waiting for the interview of me. Like this guy's hysterical. What a pro's pro. But that was that was a tough trip. The best thing I can say about Saskatchewan in late November, the bison burgers were fantastic. Other than that, that was not a work trip I'd like to relive. Yep, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, are you down for the winter meetings right now? Are you on a work trip, Adnan? Oh, man, I wish, Matty. This is the work <laughs> trip of all work trips. I mean, yeah. I, was, I was starting to finagle a trip down to San Diego. Are you kidding me? It's absolute heaven down there. But we, we sent to everybody else but me, so it's oh. all good. I don't think it personally. I, I had hockey yesterday with my buddy Ken Danico and Mark Parrish, so I did take the opportunity. And I've got to do more of this. I've realized that you've got to use your connections. Uh-huh. Flyers, Devils in Newark, New Jersey next Thursday. And I'm working with Ken Danico, who's 40 years a devil. Like, he's Mr. Devil. I've never asked him for tickets. Yesterday, before we go on air, I just I just ambushed him. I go, hey, Dano, any chance I can get two tickets for Flyers game next Thursday? He goes, you got no problem. Just hit me up the day before. I'm like, all right, great. Like, I- I'm going to start using this now. I- I've gone around the whole room. Like, all right, Kevin Weeks can get me Rangers tickets. Mike Johnson can get me Leafs tickets. Like, we're, <laughs> we're going to start to utilize these guys. So, no winter meetings, but I scooped up two tickets to go watch the Flyers Devils. And how about the Flyers beat the Avalanche last night? Let's oh, go. Yeah, they sure did, Adnan. Just getting, well, listen, any win for them at this point in the season is a really a win. <laughs> Two and it, just, it just gets you further from the bottom of the standings in 2023's draft, Adnan. Come on. Oh, you guys are 100% right. And that's what I said on the air last night. I'll never go, Here's the problem. They should be bad enough to be fighting for Connor Bedard. But Tortorella is too good a coach, yeah. and he's too hard driving. He's not going to let them take. We'll so they're going to be in that horrible no-man's land of 10th and 11th in the Eastern Conference. Uh, this is terrible. You won't get the pick you want. You're not going to make the playoffs either. But oh, well. Uh, wild. By the way, Tortorella, line of the year. Tortorella, line of the year on Parkin <laughs> Frost. When asked about his play, it's been more up and down than a toilet. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, he's been, he's had a few all timers this year. That's for sure. Oh, rarely miss a presser. <laughs> Listen, I'm not watching all the Flyers games, but I rarely miss a uh, presser. I'll tell you that much. Um, hey, let's get into the baseball. These meetings are on the go. People yeah. are throwing around a pile of money. It's egregious. Um, Justin Verlander, two years, eighty six point six six million. Gets a ring. Now the reigning Cy Young winner is uh, off to the Mets. Yeah, and this all goes back to what happened on Friday. We have a shift called news at MLB Network. It is literally called breaking news. And you feel like nothing will ever happen. Sometimes, you know, you're in the office, but you're on your phone, you're ordering a pizza, you're cutting your nails, doing anything nonsense. And at 8.07, I got the call because I'm the guy on news. I'm there in the building. <laughs> hey, get to the studio. DeGrom signed. I go, what? They're like, with the Rangers. I'm like, Okay, five years, 185. I'm like, what? Oh, my God. So I'm doing my own makeup. This is like back in my days of the store. I do my own makeup. I got to run to the set here. We're getting, we're getting John Paul Morosi via Zoom, Harold Reynolds via Zoom. Uh, Jake Peavy was uh, dismissed for the night. He's driving black from Bloomfield. I'm like, oh, my God. So it was, it was, but it was exactly what you guys know with live radio. It's what live TV at its best is, which is completely unprepared. See their pants, and away we go. And for DeGrom, the big shock was Joel Sherman, the New York Post, told me in July, he goes, he's going to the Rangers. I'm like, really? Because they have a ton of money to spend. Everything's bigger in Texas. Their pitching stinks. They want to get better quickly. But I did not see five years coming. That's shocking. DeGrom has thrown 224 innings total in the last three years. The five-year contract with a six-year option is $222 million. That is a massive risk for a guy who doesn't pitch much. When he pitches, he's elite. I got it. Two-time signing award winner, four-time All-Star. But he hasn't pitched to give him five years is nuts. So that brings us to Verlander, as you mentioned. Steve Cohn goes, okay, fine. Apparently, the offer they had given to Grom was something like three years, 135. And they kind of said, hey, when, when you get something else, let us know. 
And he didn't let him know. He got the five versus the Rangers because I'm out of here. Like, All right, fine. We're not screwing around. Tom Verducci had whispered to me, Verlander should get them with the Astros because I wouldn't be surprised two years, 80 million with an option. So when the news came down, the Mets gone for two years, 86, I go, wow, that's, that's probably not too much more than what Houston was offering. So I'm, I'm surprised if Verlander wanted to leave town and a winning organization for six million bucks. Now, that's, of course, presupposing what Tom thought. Maybe Crane went two years, 70, right? Two years, 60, in which case, obviously, he's going to take the Mets offer, which is significant. But again, I, I didn't know so much about economics, fellas, but everyone keeps mentioning the state tax nonsense. So I'm like, okay, apparently it's not nonsense. It's important. DeGrom's 185 in Texas computes to like 220 in New York because the tax rate here is 11%. So let's again look, go back to Verlander. Two years, 86, if, if you're looking at a tax-free situation, that's probably comparable to two years, 70. I find it really hard to believe Houston was not offering two years and $70 million. But maybe they weren't. Or maybe Verlander just goes, I'm out of here. I want to go to New York. I, I Kate Upton's going to love it up there. I'm like, okay, cool. So uh, it's a risk for the Mets because they're betting on two 40-year-old aces mm-hmm. in Scherzer and Verlander, both those guys, 43.3. But I love JV. He's an absolute stud. He came off Tommy John and won a Cy Young. Nobody in the history of baseball has thrown zero innings the year prior and then won a Cy Young. So if he can defy history, he can certainly do it. But it, it's risky, and it's, it's a whole lot of cheddar. And, again, the AAV never bothers me. If it's $43 million a year, I'm like, okay, fine. It's the term. It's the years. So two years for Verlander, I go, okay, like, I think he's going to have another great year. And let's suppose he's a good year, then we're fine. But to grow five years, I'm still scratching my head. And then the Phillies uh, and Trey Turner came to an agreement. Uh, biggest deal signed so far, 11 years, $300 million. It's the fourth shortstop to hit the $300 million uh, bracket behind Lindor, Tatis, and uh, Seager. Now, th- this deal, does it feel like it's going to be an albatross for them at the end of this? He's 29, still still in the peak of like the prime of his career, but does this feel like something that the Phillies are going to – Rue the day. It's only like 11 years. years. It's only 11. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what I think is funny, fellas, is that remember when Pujols got the 10-year deal, the Angels, and then everyone goes, whatever That's a comparable, I feel. And Cabrera, right, I agree. And Cabrera got the 10-year deal and goes, hey, they're never going to do that again. By the way, Mickey still has one year left on his deal. This will indeed be his last season next year. I can't believe he's still playing baseball. The guy can hit like eight home runs. That's it, but he's still playing. And, of course, Pujols was still playing and got to 700 home runs. But both those guys limping to the finish line. But here's my thought when they gave those 10-year deals and what the Phillies are doing with Trey Turner and 11. They're looking for five or six great seasons, five or six elite seasons. Then they're looking for three okay seasons, hoping for good, but we'll take okay. And then two years, they know it's going to be bad. They're already accepting that. Like, mm-hmm. last year's, he's going to suck. He's like 40 years old. Like, whatever, it's fine. We're, we're willing to do that. That's the price of business. Again, it goes back to term. I thought Trey Turner, a fair contract, eight years, 240. That guy's worth $30 million a year in the open market. He's excellent defensively. He does everything offensively. Mm-hmm. He's one of those guys I used to always overlook. I underestimated his power. I thought he was like a smallish guy who hits on a high on base, not like Cloud. No, no, I was wrong. He hits 21 home runs. He had 27 stolen bases. He had 100 RBI. He hit 298. So this guy does everything offensively. And again, he can be the linchpin of your offense. But 11 years, 300 is, is stunning. Now, it was either going to be Phillies and Cardinals. We heard they were the two teams both in play. The Phillies, no matter what, were going to get one of these elite shortstops. Originally, the thought was Xander Bogarts. Him and Dave Dombrowski know each other from Boston. Mm-hmm. But... Bogarts is not very good defensively. You look at his defensive run saved, he's one of the worst in baseball the last three years. Trey Turner, much better defensively. More money, 
But that offense now, fellas, Bryce Harper comes back maybe in May, maybe in June, coming off of Tommy John. Probably won't play the field until August, September. But you start to put together him and Hoskins and Real Muto and Castellanos. You add Trey Turner and Schwarber, and you go, man, good luck in the NL East. I mean, that, that's a fun division between mm-hmm. the Phillies, the Braves, and the Mets. It's a real, real struggle of juggernauts. Uh, another guy who probably is going to hit the uh, $300 million bracket here in the few, no, hopefully maybe soon, uh, Aaron Judge. He was down in Tampa Bay yesterday taking in the Monday Night Football game. Uh, what are we thinking here? Is he going to stay in the Bronx, or uh, does he think uh, home is a, a better spot for him? I think he should stay in the Bronx because for the Yankees, he's a homegrown talent who actually had been as good as advertised. You know, one rookie of the year in 2017, and he's flourished. And he's had a couple of seasons in which injuries were played a part. Even this year, had to take a game off here and there because of load management. He's got a DH. And, okay, fine. But after six years, he's proven he can be an all-time Yankee. And if you want your legacy to be an all-time Yankee, then this is the place to be. And they're offering you a massive contract. I mean, seven years, 213, he took so offense to it. But I think that's a pretty fair offer. I mean, they, they're giving him $30 million a year, and he's 30 years old. He's going into his age 31 season. So, again, I look at the term. All right, eight years, 300, reportedly is the offer. That's pretty good. There's probably a little more room to go a little further up. I originally had said eight years, 325, because Cole makes 324. And honestly, there's something to be said for I want to be the highest paid guy on the team because I'm the best guy on the team. I believe Stan's contract was 326, so maybe even the number is 327, although the Yankees aren't paying all that money. But I think when you get to this territory, fellas, eight years, 300, you should be able to get it done. Because the Giants, how much higher are they going to go? Right? I think the highest the Giants goes eight years, 330. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Maybe they go 9360, and he wants to take it. But I, I, again, as we're talking about with Trey Turner, 29 years old, 11 year contract. Aaron Judge, 30 years old. I mean, I feel like eight years ago, again, at 38, he's not hitting 60 home runs. We all know that contract is not going to age well, but you're looking for five or six elite seasons. So for me, he should stay with the Yankees. I think eight years, 300 is more than fair. By betting on himself, let's suppose he gets 313. By betting on himself, he got an extra $100 million. (laughs) Like how much more he wants. He did pretty good, I think. Amazing. Uh, a, a name that's getting uh, talked about, uh, he hasn't yet to play in Major League Baseball, Kodai Senga uh, out of Japan. Uh, John Morosi tweeted yesterday that the Angels, Red Sox, and Blue Jays are among the teams that are really interested in his uh, services. The righty, uh, one of the best pitchers uh, not in Major League Baseball. What can you tell us about Senga? Well, now the market gets a little bit higher, Patty, because what happens is that top two guys are already gone, right? And DeGrom yeah. and Verlander, they have already signed. And even when you look at the starting pitching class, there was three or four names, and after that, there's a big drop-up towards that middle tier of the Chris Bassett's and Taiwan Walkers and guys like that. But the next big fist still out there is Carlos Rodon, who I think is sensational. And I could see the Yankees ponying up and trying to get Judge and Rodon and feel like, hey, that's a pretty good offseason. Rodon, I think, could get, originally I thought $20 million a year. Now, by seeing the numbers by DeGrom and Verlander, he could get 25 to $30 million a year. So all those numbers are being inflated. What does that mean for Senga is, he feels like, according to the rumors, he's, he's going to be an elite pitcher. Now, you always worry about guys coming from Japan to, to America. It doesn't translate as superstars. You look at Dice K, Hideo Nomo, good pitchers. It's not great pitchers. Darvish, I think, has been very good to excellent, uh, despite some playoff hiccups. But with Senga, everyone tells me he's the real deal. And those teams that are interested make sense. They, obviously, the Angels have already shown their propensity to sign players from Japan, like Shohei Otani. The Jays with a very diverse market would love to have an Asian player. Uh, who can obviously contribute to the team and also appeal to the fan base. So 
And the Red Sox, of course, they've had success in the past when it comes to Asian pitchers, Daisuke notably as well. So unsurprising, those three guys are interested in Senga. And again, because of the market, that number goes up for him, and uh, he'll get taken care of wherever he goes. Uh, how about a Jays thought, Adnan? Yesterday, uh, you mentioned him, John Morosi. He'd kind of linked the Jays to Brian Reynolds and perhaps a, a deal there after he asked out of Pittsburgh. Uh, any thought on that link? I think Reynolds would make sense. You know, there was this conversation. I think Morosi was tweeting also about Brandon Nimmo. I'm not as high on Nimmo just with the numbers. Like, uh-huh. he's definitely a high on base guy. There's no question he'll get on base, but not much power. And I guess you could say at the Rogers Center, you don't need a lot of power because other guys bring the power. And his numbers would go up a little bit, but somebody was throwing out some numbers, Springer-esque with Nimmo, and I'm like, I, I would not pay that guy over $100 million. That's just, to me, is, is far-fetched. But the reason I'm mentioning him in the Jays and why John mentioned it was everyone knows they're left-handed deficient. Nobody had fewer home runs or fewer at-bats from the left-handed side than Toronto. So everyone knows they've got to get a guy. Brian Reynolds would fit that bill. Lefty, he's not coming at a high price like Nimmo. Uh, if he wants out of Pittsburgh, I totally hear where he's coming from. So I think that would actually make sense. That, to me, is a little bit more cost-efficient. He's a good, not great player, but he would definitely serve a need for the Jays right now and trying to get a left-handed bat, which they know is a priority this offseason. And a quick thought on uh, Fred McGriff uh, getting voted in by the, the Contemporary Era uh, Committee, getting him into the Hall of Fame. Uh, had the OK Blue Jays chant there yesterday <laughs> in his press conference as well. Maybe he wears a Blue Jays hat on the on the plaque. But no, any thought on Fred McGriff finally getting into the Hall of Fame? Thrilled for the crime dog. I met him and did one show with him either it was earlier this year or late last year and still looks great. First, I can't believe he's 59 years old. Tall and lean, not an ounce of fat on him. Big smile, great juxtaposition. When I told him I was from Toronto, immediately a big smile, laugh, stories about Paul Beeston and the Rogers Center back in the day. Doesn't necessarily care for today's game. I remember during the show, he was slamming up to these guys on you know, just there, there, uh, there was so many guys strike out so much, and you know, just the chase rate and all that kind of stuff. So he was kind of good naturedly mocking what these guys were, but he's just underappreciated, great player. And he gets hurt by the fact he played in the steroid era. You know, 493 home runs. He gets seven more, and all of a sudden he's an automatic Hall of Famer. And yet on the ballot, he was always around 38, 39, 40 percent. I never understood. You've got to get 75 percent for those who don't know how the Hall of Fame works. And he was penalized for not having these you know, 60 home run seasons because those guys were juicing, and he wasn't. He was at the steady Eddie, 35, 38, 37 home runs, playing a long time. I hope he goes in with a Jays hat, but I think it's probably with the Braves because people think of him as a World Series champion. Yeah. They played for six teams, had a long career, almost two decades, 1,550 RBI. I mean, just a great, great power hitter and an awesome guy. Again, you never heard a bad word about Fred McGriff. If, if you are going to you know hold against the likes of Kurt Schilling and Barry Bonds on the character clause, then you should also inflate those guys who are good guys. And that's why I think McGriff was a beneficiary of not only having numbers, but he was a great teammate, great for the game. Dale Murphy you saw on the ballot. For five years, Dale Murphy was the best player in baseball. Now, he just doesn't have the longevity, but he's also a great dude. So if you, want to, if you want to start to give those guys love for being generally good souls for baseball, then Dale Murphy should have got more consideration. Would have loved to see Don Mattingly get in, but again, just feels like he's the Hall of Very Good, not quite the Hall of Fame. Maybe he gets in again. Those guys will be eligible, by the way, to get in three years. But for McGriff, I'm thrilled. And one of the all-time great nicknames, the Crime Dog. Enjoy the lottery tonight, hey? <laughs> I will enjoy the lottery. Nothing like a good lottery to look forward to, right? Watching the bingo oh. balls like it's back in the 90s, watching the news, getting your ticket ready, something like that. I don't know. 
<laughs> my buddy Dave Rutherford, my old boss, the score won the lottery. Really? I couldn't believe it. A year ago, I, yeah, I think Cabby texted me or McAuliffe. I can't remember who I heard it from. They go, hey, Dave Rutherford won the lottery. And I go, that is incredible. Like I, I've never known anybody who's actually won the lottery. And when I talked to Dave, the biggest takeaway was he said it's uh, – because I said, well, it's, you know, whatever, 600000 He said, oh, tax-free. I said, so they give you that big check for a million. That is a million dollars. Like a lot of Robert Borden 100s coming your way. Amazing. You would never hear from me again. I just say it that much. <laughs> uh, thank you, Adnan. Always appreciate it, my friend. Thanks, buddy. Maddie and Patty, great to catch up, boys. Be well. There he is, uh, Adnan Verk uh, from the MLB Network, NHL Network. He, he does it all. Whatever. He does whatever he needs to do. Whatever sport, baseball, tennis, hockey, football, you name it. Uh, it's all easy for our man, Adnan Verk, who joined us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. Guest hotline, dine in and pick up, or have your game day special delivered. Find out why Atlas Pizza is a 14-time Consumer Choice Award winner, 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast, or call 403-248-3344. Take a break around the corner. Got to give a shout-out to the Shaw Charity Classic. Ton of money raised. Uh, We have the final total. And Jerry Kelly, who won the 2022 edition, is going to join us for a quick chat as well. That's as we roll on with the big show in the morning, Sports at 960, The Fan. Welcome back to the show. Final segment, big show in the morning. Sportsnet 960, the fan. We get some thoughts on the Flames and the Coyotes coming up in just a moment here. But very, very cool. This past year, uh, another edition of the Shaw Charity Classic. Another great edition. It was the 10th anniversary. And how about this? Setting records once again. An unprecedented 17 million $489,219 raised for 260 children's charities across Alberta through the 2022 Shop Birdies for Kids program presented by AltaLink. My good round of applause. Let's go. The record-setting donation brings the 10-year total from the PGA Tour champions. Only Canadian stopped to $93 million for children and youth-based charities in Alberta. Uh, we love it so much, and it's such a fun tournament to attend. And we got to assume that it's a fun tournament to play in based on the field and the players that continue to return. This year's past winner was Jerry Kelly. He's a three-time champ on the Champions Tour in 2022. 11 career wins as well. Uh, and he joins us now down the Alice Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Good morning, Jerry. How are you? Good morning. How's everybody doing? Uh, we're doing very well. Uh, it's a little snowier here than it would have been when you were here for the golf tournament, but that's okay with us. It just means hockey season is around. Uh, tell us about uh, your time here in Calgary, though, coming up and uh, obviously having a very successful weekend at the Charity Classic. Uh, we we love coming up there. I mean, there's some uh, fantastic restaurants. So i got to give a shout-out to Klein Harris. I mean, that's one of my favorite places on tour, period. And uh, just staying downtown and, uh, you know, cruising out to play some, some golf. But, you know, being able to come back to that city is, is really fun. We have, a, we have a great time. How many times have you been up to play in this tournament? I think I only missed it on the lockdown. Uh, I've been up every time I've been eligible for it. I, I, I really don't ever want to miss anything up in Canada. You know, I wanted that Canadian Open trophy really bad. Came close to Glen Abbey a couple times, but 
you know, just to give one up north, uh, that, that was a that was a big bucket list thing for me. Now, uh, I'm sure that during the hockey season, you'd like to come up here as well because uh, we did learn you've played high school hockey back in Wisconsin, and that had a big impact on your golf career early on as well. How did those two tie in together? Well, I mean, it was a double-edged sword for me because, you know, I, I knew how to go after a number. The only problem is that number was always mine. So <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> turn my back on myself, that's for sure. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I very focused anger, I guess you would call it. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and sometimes that's good. Sometimes it's bad. Sometimes it gets the best of you. But, uh, you know, I've learned how to handle it. But I don't think... You know, with my game, my swing, my size, my distance, all that kind of stuff, if I didn't have that, I wouldn't have had the career that I had. Uh, you know, you have to be tenacious out there just as much on the golf course as you do on the on the sheets. So it's it's an important piece of it. It was it was a big part of me. Uh, do you maybe know any uh, any hockey players or anything like that? Because I know there's just such a, a crossover between players who have been in the NHL and are huge fans of playing the game of golf, watching the game of golf, just being around the sport. Oh yeah, I'm I've, I've got the boys. I'm, I'm a Blackhawk since birth. Okay, so that's been a, been a little rough the last couple of years, but we yeah. had our run. But uh, you know, I got. Suter and Pabs in Dallas. You got Cole Caulfield up there with the Habs. Uh, you know, I, I love Todd McClellan, the coach at the, the Kings. Uh, you know, I got a good buddy, uh, one of the defensive assistant coaches in Chicago, at Kevin Bean. So I, I've skated with just about all of them. Uh, I'll throw Burrish out there because he's still doing TV with the, with the Hawks. So, uh, yeah, I, I I used to skate and uh, <laughs> I don't do it as much anymore. The last time was the Blake Jeffrey on Hockey Classic in Madison, and uh, I I pulled stuff that I didn't know I had. Now, as we as as we kind of move forward with all of this, the NHL and all that type of stuff, and you mentioned you're a Blackhawks fan, Taves, Kane, are they staying? Are they going? What's going to happen with the two superstars there? Well, I mean, we can't get as much for them as we could have, but there's still going to be a benefit to some team who needs that veteran leadership who have won cups. Uh, it, but it's, you know how everything rotates in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it, it's probably kind of time on, uh, on the Blackhawks end, but yet, you hate saying that, and you hate seeing the guys go. They've, they've given so much to the team. It's been so fantastic over the years. But uh, that's that's the cycle of the NHL. And, uh, you know, I, I think you've got to get what you possibly can. And, uh, you know, you, you say you're rebuilding, but there's still a bunch of pieces that uh, you probably have to, to wash and rebuild again. Uh, so how much are you dialed on like the 2023 top end of the draft, knowing that that's something the Blackhawks are probably looking at? I mean, not as, not as much as I, as I should be. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I still, I still don't want to think that that's where they're at. Uh, 
Yeah, you know, I I got a feeling we can we can get back to 500, you know, before the break, and you know, and then make a push. That's that's what you try and do. I mean, so uh, that being said, uh, we're we gonna get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's no well. There's a whole bunch of guys at the top end of this draft that look like they're uh, they're poised to have some some really strong. NHL careers. Jerry Kelly, PGA Champions Tour, joining us. Uh, just a couple more. I guess uh, let's bring it back to the golf. Like, uh, is this kind of a, a downtime for you? What is your off season like? Yeah, uh, I mean, we don't have a whole lot of it. Uh, we finished in the second week in November, and I leave the second for first of two tournaments in Hawaii. I'm still going to play with the young guys at the Sony. So, I mean, uh, I, I was supposed to take two weeks off, not do a thing. And of course, four days after the season, I'm working out like a madman and trying to get stronger for the next season. And uh, what that does is usually breaks your body down and uh, your body <laughs> says, no, we're not going to do that. So I hurt myself and got a little flu bug on top of it. So I had to shut it down. And that's, that, that was a good thing. And now I'm, I'm just starting back up and, uh, getting things rolling. I've, I've got a month before I leave. So I am, yeah, I'm getting fired up already. It's fun. Um, would you be, would you be the type of individual who sits down and takes in the match seven coming up on the weekend here with Tiger and Rory facing off against Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas? That might be one of the first matches that I will watch. Uh, <laughs> that I think that's going to be a good one. I mean, those guys can get Tiger talking. Phil couldn't get Tiger talking, but JT will definitely get him going. And uh, Jordan's Jordan's pretty funny himself. So I mean, it's it's going to be really fun to listen to this one. And I know it hasn't been fun to listen to many of them. But yeah. This one will really be fun to listen to. Jerry, really appreciate the time today. We look forward to having you uh, come back up to Calgary for the next. Uh, Shaw Charity Classic, raise a whole bunch more money, and uh, maybe win a couple back-to-back titles. That'd be not bad, eh? I'd, I'd love to go back-to-back, but I do have to give a shout-out to Shaw Charity and Suncorp's in there, too. Uh, I, I'm telling you, those numbers are unprecedented, guys. I don't think you you realize with $17 million and $93 million in 10 years what they are doing for all of Alberta and the entire Calgary community. I mean, it's it's ridiculous the amount of money that is. Uh, it, it just doesn't happen in any of other of our tournaments. It's it's pretty amazing what they're doing. So a big shout out to those guys. It's been we're always impressed by it. It's one of the best times to be around, and the whole city just kind of um, stands behind this great initiative. And like you mentioned, the the numbers are they they kind of blow your mind. I uh, really appreciate it, yeah. Jerry. Have a great day. Hey. All right. Thanks, Jake. There you go. Jerry Jerry Kelly joined us down the uh, Alice Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. And, yeah, like he mentioned, the Shaw Charity Classic raised $17 million, almost $17.5 million for Alberta Kids Charities, just this most recent edition. Yeah. And this is a tournament that's only been around for 10 years, and it literally blows Mm -hmm. every other tournament on the Champions Tour out of the water as far as the money that it raises... Oh, I bet it rivals even ones on the big tour, too. Oh, I'm sure it does. $93 million since it started. 
It is now the largest charitable charitable contributor on the PGA Tour Champions Tour. Mm-hmm. Absolutely awesome. wild. They do an outstanding job. Uh, so uh, a big shout out to them. Yeah, uh, Jim Kurt. Riddell, the chair of the Shaw Charity Classic. Chris Dornan, who helped yeah. us uh, get that set up. Yeah. And uh, Jerry, who uh, stopped by to talk about it. But just, uh, and like I said, I was there. I went for uh, the Saturday, it would have been. Mm-hmm. Not the final round, but the, the the penultimate round, if you will. Yeah. This past year. Awesome. Just awesome. And walking all over the course. Um, got to see John Daly hit a sand shot from about <laughs> 10 feet in front of me and put it like three inches from the pin. And it's one of those things that, you know, you see John Daly on TV or social media mm-hmm. for all those years growing up. My, like, you know, my grandparents are huge golfers yep. and as much as they play the game, they also love to watch it. So they've known, I've heard about <laughs> John Daly for my entire life growing up. Yeah. And that was my first time that I actually got to be there and see him. And mm. he was playing in a group with Fred Couples. Yeah. Who, like, come Legends on. Legends of the game. Come on. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. No, the so Champions, uh, uh, The Champions Tour is awesome. Uh, what they've done. Uh, still great golfers. They're still the, hacking it up in there and just uh, doing no, great. Hacking it, hacking it up is what I do. Yeah, you hack it up. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but, yeah, Jerry, he mentioned he's going to go play in the Sony Open, uh, which is the the... The second event of the of the year to start off the 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 PGA when the calendar tour. flips. Yep. After they do their what is it, the champions event? Yeah, they they did the. I guess Adam Svensson just won the last event of the of the. He of sure this did. Part of the the RSM Classic down yeah. in Houston, and then they go on a little bit of a Christmas break, and they pick it up in Hawaii in the start of January. The match coming up on the tenth, though. Yeah, first one. There's no NFL players in a while without it, so we're just uh, yeah. There's no Charles it, Barkley. The, there's, there's no middle of their season of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, yeah. But I kind of like it. I think, you know, four of the best golfers uh, on the planet going at it. Uh, earlier on, oh, we should ask Jerry this too. But earlier on, we were talking to our listeners. The Arizona Coyotes came in through Calgary yesterday. Mm-hmm. Stopped 13 of a 14-game road trip. Yeah. The Flames power play goes two for three. The last power play was only 30 seconds long. So, you know, essentially they were two for two. And two for two on the kill as well early on. There was a few moments early on in the first and early on in the second where the Coyotes had a bit of a push, but for the most part, it was all flames all the time. Yeah, they didn't look they didn't look panicky. No, nope. even when Arizona tied it, they didn't. Yep, they didn't sit back. They still pushed forward and they still got the shots on net. And it felt like there yep. were a few instances where Arizona got away with maybe a couple of calls and maybe the Flames did too, but then eventually. You know, you knew that at some point there was going to be a call with just yeah. how that third period was going, and it ends up going against the Coyotes, and the Flames make them pay. Kadri with an outstanding game. Mm-hmm. I think it's really good to see the backland line have a really good game prior. Yep. And now you have the Kadri line having a good game, and maybe if that Lindholm line that can top unit fire on all here. cylinders against the Wild before they head on this three-game Eastern Conference road trip, you're feeling pretty good about the team. You're feeling really good, I think. Uh, we were asking about work trips a little bit earlier on. Yeah. And uh, we got to do our 12 days of Christmas, giving away. So what we've decided is we're going to pick another one of these. And uh, you're going to get to open our advent calendar door from Wild Rose Brewery. Uh, so just a couple of other ones that we'll, uh, we'll read to you here. Like this gentleman, he had to stay in a barracks with a couple of hundred other dudes, about 20 people per room. We've had a lot of these where you have to kind of share a bed and... Yeah. 
eat in the mess hall and all that type of stuff. This place apparently was built in the 60s. Mm-hmm. None of the individuals are part of the military. Between the snoring and uh, the farting, barely slept for three days. Gross. This one um, comes back. A 24-hour bus ride from Beijing to Lower Mongolia in a chicken bus. <laughs> Two nights stay in a shared hotel being fed chicken parts and very other mystery plants. I survived on cigarettes. Oh. Saved two hours <laughs> on the way home by crossing a raging river on a homemade toll bridge. Mm. Matt from Fernie with that one. Uh, I got yeah. Good, he good. says the hot water appeared to be a live electrical wire into the tub. Oh. They crashed a wedding, drank a bottle of Baijiu, and vomited all over the hotel room. By the way, if your hotel phone rings at 4 a.m. with offers of a massage, it's not a Okay. okay, so uh, got, that's uh, a good one. Got uh, I like that. Got Sandy here. Okay. Uh, had a painting company, had to go to Banff to paint four apartment suites for a quick turnaround. Uh, brought uh, four guys with me, and we were going to stay in the apartments with sleeping bags. Every apartment was filled with flophouse paraphernalia. So you got your... your yeah, your un- everything not yeah, great. No good. Uh, mm. So I knew uh, why I won that contract. You would think that that uh, was the worst of it. Nope. Uh, one of my employees went MIA the first night and stole my paint sprayer and other gear. I had to rent one in Banff. I don't know paint stores. You can rent one in Banff. That's like that's gotta be a tough that's one. Probably, yeah. That's probably tough to rent maybe a paint Maybe to go to Canmore, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I never say. Uh, I never saw my employee. Uh, I learned he had pawned it for drugs and booze. Oh, so I had to buy it back from the pawn shop. Oh, that's always love buying sandy. your stuff back from the mm. pawn shop, hey? Eh? Mm, that's bad. Hmm. Uh, staff appreciation night worked at Earl's and Jasper. They sent us in a limo to Hinton for bowling. So that's, that qualifies as a work trip. Had one too many in the limo. Uh, some of the boys and I decided to go to the Valley Zoo instead, which uh, it's it's in the same vein as the Sundowner. <laughs> Took one step inside, blew chunks all over the velvet carpet. Ooh. Needless to say, they booted me velvet. out. Mm. Uh, also, he says, I hope someone who remembers this recognized the story. It was like 2008-ish. Uh. Um, <laughs> and uh, we're going to give the, the the prize here to AJ because AJ had a good one. I uh, used to have an annual company trip in Mexico on night one. Very first night of the trip. Passed out in the Rio Palace foyer slash bar area from over drinking around 9 p.m. Uh peed myself while I was asleep in a wicker chair in the foyer in front of my colleagues, guests, and hotel staff. When I woke up, I was back in my room. Apparently, the hotel staff had carted (laughs) me all the way back in. Oh, no. Easily the most embarrassing breakfast or even moment of my entire life. Later, dudes, AJ in Calgary. AJ, you sound like you can enjoy a couple of wild roses. So uh, here's the deal. We're going to uh, open up another door on our advent calendar because we are doing our 12 days of Christmas and the big show wants to give you the big old gift of listening. It's time for the Wild Rose Brewery 12 days of Christmas because we're doing this every weekday between now and December the 20th. We're going to open up a door on our virtual advent calendar. You tune in and have a chance to win what's behind the door. It won't be chocolate, but maybe a six pack of beer, tap room gift card or Wild Rose, Bre- Wild Rose Brewery swag. We're going to contact all of our winners prior to December 23rd. But today's winner is AJ. Alex, can we open up the advent calendar and see what AJ has won? (laughs) 
How about a Hawaiian shirt? Oh, that'll fit in nice with this weather. There you go. A Hawaiian shirt for your next company trip to Mexico. How about that? Uh, Also, I've seen Pat Steinberg in this Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, he fills it out well. Smoke it. He's got the the biceps. He does have (laughs) biceps. Um, They're bigger than most. Yeah. That's the 12 Days of Christmas on the Big Show, brought to you by Wild Rose Brewery, your home for quality craft beer in Alberta. Find it in pubs, restaurants, and liquor stores around this great province, or check out their tap room in southwest Calgary seven days a week. Congrats, AJ. Uh, We'll find a way to get you your Hawaiian shirt. Promo will be in touch in the next little bit. Uh, That'll do it for the show almost. We also have to get a quick update from the big uh, soccer tournament going down in Qatar. All right, and this soccer report is brought to you by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling repairs. Certainty, pro all the way. All right, so today is the last day of the round of 16. Six teams already booking their spot in the round of 16, or in the quarterfinals. Part you got to turn that music down. Oh, sorry. My sorry, goodness, guys. that thing is blaring. Zombin van Buren. Oh, let's go. <laughs> I'm all over the place. All right, so right now, Spain taking on Morocco. As it stands right now, nothing between the two sides. It is nil-nil at halftime. Chances on both ends of the field. But honestly, it's Morocco who have maybe had the higher quality of chances. Spain's goalkeeper Unai Simon being being forced to make quite the saves in that first half. Right now, Spain not looking like a tournament contender. Second half action gets underway shortly here. And wrapping up the day, we've got a heavyweight European tilt, Portugal taking on Switzerland. These teams have seen a lot of each other over the past few years, and Switzerland surprisingly has their number in the head-to-head record. 11 wins, 5 draws, and 9 losses against the Portugal side. The teams have met in the Nations League twice this year alone, and they've split those games, so this should be an exciting one. A lot on the line for Cristiano Ronaldo in what could be his last tournament. This one goes at noon. This soccer report is brought to you by CertainTeed, pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, for all the way. Thank you, Mr. Brody. Uh, also, we had a poll earlier today. The poll is now closed. Flames off to a solid December start. Two and one through three games. Ten more to go before the holiday break. Today on the big show, we're asking, which of the following is going to come first for the Calgary Flames? A Markstrom shutout, a Lucic goal, or a Wranglers call-up? We had just under 200 votes, and your winner with a 65% vote is Christmas. Oh, that's... Hmm. A little faith. Yeah, not a lot of faith. Uh, Markstrom shutout, 13.4. Lucic goal, 11.9. And Wranglers call up 9.3%. Thanks for taking part. Uh, that'll do it for us. Coming up next, it is Going Deep with Donovan Bennett. We got a full slate of programming on the station for you. Keep it locked. You're home for the Flames in Calgary. This is Sportsnet 960 The Fan.